Can the Houston Texans build like the Jacksonville Jaguars and see themselves in the position that the Jags did this past year? Also, the Houston Texans interview Arizona Cardinals defensive line coach Matt Burke for the defensive coordinator spot. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Before we talk about whether or not the Houston Texans can replicate some of the success that the Jacksonville Jaguars has been able to do so over the past season. Got to give you guys an update on some of these coordinated positions that Houston hmm. is trying to get filled. We talked about Marquan Manuel, the Jets safety coach. <clears throat> now let's talk about Matt Burke, 2022 and Currently, right now, the Arizona defensive line coach. Before that, game management coach with the New York Jets under Robert Sala. Robert Sala is coming from where? The Kyle Shanahan tree. Kyle Shanahan tree also includes who? D'Amico Ryans, who is now your Houston Texans head coach. And before that, run game coordinator and defensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And also before that, Spent some time in Miami for two seasons between 2017 and 2018 as the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator. I don't see this as a good fit for Houston, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, simply because if we go back, Detroit Lions linebacker coach, Cincinnati Bengals for two years linebacker coach before being the D.C. for the Miami Dolphins linebacker coach for Miami, uh, defensive quality coach for the Tennessee Titans back between 2006 and 2008 when them boys had a very tough defense. But uh, as I go back and I look at his history, uh, there has not been a unit that has necessarily improved under Matt Burke. And when I look at what D'Amico Ryans wants to do right now, you want to get some improvement. Of course, I get it. And I really think whoever D'Amico Ryans brings in is going to be a placeholder for that defensive coordinator spot, I believe that D'Amico will still call defensive plays. So whoever comes in to fill that void as the D.C., they need to have something in the bottom that screams development and a background and resume to show that. reason why I like Chris Harris, right? He's now in Tennessee. The reason why I like Marquand Manuel, who as of right now, don't know what's going to happen with that, but the just safety coach saw what he's able to do with talent and getting guys back healthier for this past year compared to the year before. When I look at a Matt Burke, you know, uh, the run game coordinator for Philly, they were middle-of-the-pack type of team in terms of uh, run, running yards, rushing yards allowed by defense. And, you know, one of the better, I would say, um, in terms of yards per carry, but they still allow, I think, 4.5 at the time when he was a run game coordinator. And his time in Miami as the defensive coordinator for two seasons, which is what I really want to look at, being as that is the time he was a, was a coordinator, excuse me. The Miami Dolphins were bottom in the league on defense both of those two years, I think ranking between 27 and 28 back-to-back -back years. And so nothing that he has done 
for me. And I could come out and I could see some different things. But when I did some research on this guy, uh, and by the way, he is a well-known coach. He's been in the league, around the league for a very long time, since 2004, 20 years of experience in the NFL. Before that, started at BC, Boston College, and spent some time at Harvard. So I know that he has some type of, uh, you know, intelligence when it comes to the game with the college at Dartmouth. Uh, but when I look at him right now, there has not been a collective unit that has improved under his watch. And so I'm against it. Mm, I can see your concerns, John, but I would like to say in terms of D'Amico Rhines and the Houston Texans continuing to fill out their coaching staff, I would like to say first and foremost that I like the fact it seemed like that they are actually taking their time. Um, when you go back and take a look at the previous two coaches that the Houston Texans had, it just seemed like one, of course, with the exception of Lovey Smith elevating Pep Hamilton as his team offensive coordinator, it always seemed like uh, the new head coach was hired on a Monday, and by that Wednesday, the whole entire coaching staff was <laughs> was was set up. It was finalized, but. You could kind of see that the Miko Rons and the Houston Texans are actually taking their time to fill out this coaching staff. However, what I would like to say is I cannot wait until the Super Bowl game is over on Sunday. Why? Because when you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles, when you take a look at the um, Kansas City Chiefs, I would not be surprised if the Miko Rons and the Houston Texans have their eyes set on coordinators or position coaches that's playing in the Super Bowl. And we talk a lot about having a coach that's going to elevate these young guys. We talk a lot about having coordinators that's going to elevate the play on both sides of the ball. I'm expecting by, let's say, Tuesday or Wednesday or next week, we'll start hearing news that D'Amico Ryans is flirting with this coordinator from Philadelphia, is flirting with this coordinator from Kansas City. Um, But I say all that just to say, the hiring of the Miko Rhines and the Houston Texans allowing the Miko to fill out his own staff lets me know that the coaching and the development is going to be 10 times better than what we've been watching over the last two seasons. I do want to go back just a little bit and say that Zach Allen this year under uh, Matt Burke, excuse me, he did improve on some of his numbers. Uh, this year, career high in sacks. I think career high in pressures as well. Sacks had 5.5. Before that, it was his career high was four. Uh, but he also got a healthy J.J. Watt on the opposite side. I think J.J. played majority mm. of the season, which didn't happen uh, his Aaron first year in Arizona. In and a half sacks, I believe. I think, yeah, double-digit sacks. Right? You know, good, go. way to, good way to go <laughs> out for J.J. Uh, but you know what? So when I look at just how I felt about when they went after the New England Patriots tight end coach, uh, Nick Cayley, mm-hmm. uh, same way with um, Tim Walters, the Bengals wide receiver coach. Mm-hmm. You know, both of those guys were, you know, Houston was interested in them for their offensive coordinator position. But I wouldn't be shocked if Houston is going through, you know, these interviews and D'Amico is going through these interviews to figure out what, maybe I don't need you as my coordinator, but maybe I can use you as an upgrade over to some of the players, not players, but some of the coaches that we have on our coaching staff right now. So uh, maybe Matt Burke is not a coordinator for Houston, 
But maybe D'Amico sees value in him and saying that, you know what, I believe that you can upgrade our defensive line unit. Would you mind coming here? Wouldn't know how that operates and how that would work, seeing as a coordinator position is an upgrade and moving from one coach, D-line coach, to another team, D-line coach. I don't know how that would work. But wouldn't be shocked or surprised if Houston does look at some of these positional coaches that's going through these uh, interview processes right now and want them to come down here in Houston to take over somebody else's job in order to improve and get that development that they want here on this coaching staff. Really quick, before I move it on, and just for fun really quick, would you be opposed to D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans interviewing Eric Bieniemy? For their offensive coordinator role? Absolutely oh, I, not. I, I only say that because Airbnb oh, already no. came out and said that, you know, this is going to be his last year in Kansas City. Yep. Um, As of right now, I've been told that either he has an interview set up or already has gone through the interview process with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens um, yeah. As of right now, his biggest concern is whether or not Lamar Jackson is going to be there. But, of course, we all know that Airbnb, either fair or unfair, um, has been plagued with the whole – he never called plays for Kansas City. Um, I take a look at, you know, the city of Houston. Um, I take a look at the, the the expectations that we expect the teams to have, especially given the possibility of, of starting this franchise with Bryce or CJ. I wouldn't be supposed if part of the reason why um, D'Amico Ryan's and the Houston Texans are taking their time is, you know, just to see whether or not they can get their hands on Eric Bieniemy because he is looking for a way to show everybody in the league that, hey, a lot of the play calling, uh, well, not a play calling, but a lot of the offensive schemes that you see in Kansas City, I could do it in other places too. Yeah, man, you know what? That's a great hypothetical that could be a potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I say that because Eric Bieniemy, I think whether or not he called plays is overblown and overrated. Well, yeah, uh, about that. I think if you are an offensive coordinator, I think that it's important that you are able to establish with your head coach, especially. In EB's case, your head coach is Andy Reid. So uh, he's keeping you around for a reason. And I don't think there's any beef between anybody on their coaching staff. I think that Eric Bieniemy wants to move on and, and, and spread mm-hmm. his wings. And I think Andy Reid would like to bring up somebody younger to kind of fill the void and grow somebody else like he helped grow Eric Bieniemy. But whether or not you call plays doesn't matter to me. It's how are you coming up with these concepts? to help your offense move. And I 100% believe that Eric Bieniemy, who, you know, has got a lot of praise from players and his coaching staff and Andy Reid, has been hands-on with these passing concepts and offensive concepts that has helped his offensive team led by Patrick Mahomes, uh, who has been, you know, <laughs> you can, if, you, if he wins on Sunday <laughs> – the GOAT conversation for a lot of people. Really, he on track. You know, he on, he's on track, track. boy. Um, <laughs> but he's he's been a big part of that, Eric being me, right, in, in the meeting rooms and, and trying to figure all of this stuff out and helping this offense move. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I think Eric Bieniemy, who he won't get a head coaching job due to whatever reasons the NFL has against him, he will be an offensive coordinator, and I can understand him wanting to go to Baltimore if Lamar Jackson stays because you go from the most talented quarterback in the league, and in my eyes at times, depending on how I feel on any given Sunday, Lamar Jackson, when healthy, may be the most talented quarterback in the league with his skill set. Yeah, it makes sense to go to Baltimore. But if Lamar Jackson leaves and – 
he looks around and says, where do I want to go? Why isn't he considered as the best offensive coordinator option out there? Because I believe that he simply is. Valentine's Day is coming up, which means romance is in the air more than usual. I don't need to tell all of you lovebirds that I know you probably had your date plans already on the calendar for weeks, but got a question. Have you found the perfect Valentine's Day gift yet? Whether you're shopping and celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find the jewelry you need and that is unique as she is with the modern day convenience of online shopping at BlueNow.com. At BlueNow.com, you can find the perfect jewelry for life's special moments. You can even create the custom engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Now Diamond Price Guarantee allows you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. Blue Now can even meet or beat their price. Every order is insured and arrives quickly in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. Shipping is free and so are returns. Right now, you can save up to 50% at BlueNow.com. That's BlueNow.com to save up to 50% off. Again, BlueNow.com to save up to 50% off. Make sure you tell them the Locked On Texas podcast sent you their way. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I don't know how many sports books in this country that that's better than that that you can play with and win money for for losing. FanDuel's lets you <clears throat> excuse me, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to you. And best of all, you can get your pay winnings back instantly. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your first sweat, your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57, where Rihanna will be performing. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Before we get back to talking shop for the Houston Texans, I know this is a NFL show, but the NBA week has been crazy. Crazy trades. KD to Phoenix, Kyrie to Dallas. It's been a shakeup everywhere, it seems like. And nobody cares about second-round picks, it seems. Those second-round picks have been getting ran through at the uh, end of the trade deadline. <laughs> there was something that happened this week that we will remember for the rest of our lives. It won't be Kyrie going to Dallas. It won't be KD going to Phoenix. It will be LeBron James cementing himself in NBA history, passing up Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the league's all-time leading scorer. For 20 years, LeBron James has been one of, if not the best player in the NBA. No scandals that we know of, no off-the-court issues that we know of. He has consistently held himself and carried himself to the highest and highest and highest of standards while being a great father off the court. So I do want to take this time to shout out LeBron for, you know, cementing himself and locking himself in as number one. And I think it's okay for people to call LeBron undoubtedly, without a shadow of a doubt, 
the greatest of all time. And that MJ Day, but MJ Day, what was that? What was I mean, that? That's because it was two twenty three twenty three. No, I don't know why you saying that because next year is definitely going to be Kobe Day with two four twenty four. No, nah, I'm gonna tell you why there was MJ Day because MJ is a hater. He knew that record was getting broke. MJ not a hater. We, he, I mean, we could go look. We could he go knew that record was getting broke. Look, Unbiased, well, the bias side of me, LeBron is my second goat. Of course, everybody knows Kobe is the goat in my eyes. That's what the 24 stand for. But um, even at the end of the day, man, I still think the undoubted goat is Jordan because he accomplished so much in a short amount of time. Just think, he was, what, about three, 4,000 away from that record in 14 years. And it took Bron 20. That's all I got to say. Whole decade, 10 scoring titles. Look, I mean, look, I mean. But at the end of the day, regardless of who your GOAT is, just enjoy greatness. And hopefully we, we we can have this, finally have this conversation with a member of the Houston Texans in the next 15 to 20 years. Hopefully. You got the Brady's. You got the Manning's. You, you got the, the, the Pat Mahomes. You got all of that. You got the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Hopefully – by this uh, offseason, they get it right with their quarterback position. Came close. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to our next topic on whether or not oh, the Houston man. Texans should entertain, you know, not necessarily should they entertain a bridge quarterback or a vet quarterback. We talked about, talked about that. But how the Houston Texans can follow the same blueprint that the Jacksonville Jaguars followed mm-hmm. this past offseason. Now, we know about Jacksonville's first year with Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer – uh, at the bar, there was an entire crap show of a, of, a, of a display of a head coach, and their franchise was terrible, which is the main reason why they were able to pick back-to-back in the draft in both years. Now, we saw that this year Trevor Lawrence had a opportunity to take a step forward. Though it had been a weaker division, injuries and just, you know, incompetency here in Houston, Trevor Lawrence in his second year won the division, won a playoff game, and you really saw the opportunity. You really saw not opportunity, but you really saw Trevor Lawrence kind of take off in front of our eyes. And I look at Houston, and I say this to myself: We've already talked about again whether or not a bridge quarterback or a vet quarterback makes sense. I'm against it. But when I look at what Jacksonville was able to do, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a good first season. I get it. But in year two, what did they do? Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk in free agency. Evan Ingram in free agency. Upgraded that offensive line. We're bringing in Brandon Sheriff. Zay Jones, free agency. That's on the offensive side of the ball alone and combined. They played 86% of the snaps for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And bringing in D'Amico Ryans, I didn't even mention so far that the Jags brought in Oluokun, their linebacker, who was a godsend for that defense. So you expect with D'Amico Ryans, they will make some moves in free agency to get better all around on this roster. And the Jags were able to do that simply because they had the money, all the money in the world of free agency last year. I think they had either number one or the top three cap space in the NFL going into the 2022 offseason for free agency. But they were able to do all of that, ladies and gentlemen, simply because they had their rookie quarterback already and their rookie quarterback was on a rookie deal. That is the luxury of drafting a rookie quarterback because while he is getting paid, maybe the minimum a quarterback can probably get paid outside of maybe a backup or you know a vet that's been in the league 10 plus years backup, you can use that money, take care of him, 
not a lot. Use the rest of the money that the NFL is going to allow you for each year and build around your quarterback, build on, the, on both sides of the ball. When we look at Houston this year, I think they are number seven or eight in cap space for this free upcoming free agency. Next year, Houston has a ton of money coming in. So I'm not looking at the immediate success that a possible rookie quarterback can have this year. I'm looking at year two. Why is year two important? Year two is important because year two is year two under D'Amico Ryans. Year two will be year two under Bobby Slowick or whoever's going to be the offensive coordinator. Year two is ideally the year you want to see your young players and your players as in between young and vets, you know, your year two and year three guys take a step forward when they're under a first-year head coach. And so, Again, I point directly to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I say to myself, this is what Houston can do. They just have to be smart. Do not go the route the Indianapolis Colts have went the past few seasons, making trades and not using your first-round picks to, to draft the quarterback and recycling a lot of these older guys. Go get your young guy. Coach him up in year one. Make sure that he's ready for year two. You can spend money in free agency. Then voila, maybe you can make a run at the AFC South Championship. AFC South title, excuse me. You said all that, but you got you forgot one of, if not the most important puzzle of the Jacksonville Jaguars success that the Houston Texans basically already locked in. And that is a respectable and a very reliable head coach. Um, Doug Peterson, I always said he has been one of the most underrated coaches in the league today. In my opinion, he is one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the league, um, especially considering that you took Nick Foles <laughs> and won a Super Bowl championship over Tom Brady, the GOAT, by the way. But when you take a look at the fact that free agents were more willing to go to Jacksonville, because once again, I understand Doug Peterson's name doesn't hold weight as to, let's say, a Sean Payton or um, Andy Reid or whatever the case might be. But that is still a Super Bowl-winning coach. Once again, in my eyes, one well, of the best. All of, them got, all, all of them got one ring. Yeah, all of them got one ring. Once again, in my opinion, one of the best and most underrated offensive-minded coaches in the game today. And when you take a look at how the Houston Texans can kind of mirror what we have seen the Jacksonville Jaguars do this season – they already got it, and that is, of course, a, re a respectable and reliable head coach in D'Amico Ryans. And I also want to mention this, John, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to bring it again. Um, this is part of the reason why I would prefer the Texans to draft Bryce Young because <laughs> the Texans, they, they already have a couple of his former teammates here. You already know John Mechie is coming back. Christian Harris, um, I played around with him over the last couple of weeks before the season came to an end. It was like, hey, there's a possibility that, you know, we could get your former quarterback. And he, you know, just started laughing and stuff. And when you take a look at the trajectory that the league is going, it always seems like if there is a quarterback on a rookie deal, they're going to surround their quarterback with their former players. And we damn sure see how that's working out in Cincinnati right now. So, you know, like I mentioned, I, I do believe the Texans are in a position where they can be a part of this new trend in the NFL. But to me, the biggest factor in into all of this is 
having D'Amico Ryan as your head coach because had they had another uh, another head coach, let's just say um, Jonathan Gannon, I don't think Jonathan Gannon would have made the Houston Texans more so a free agent destination as to what we are expecting is going to happen here in the city of Houston. And by the way, speaking of um, free agency and D'Amico Ryan, next week we're going to take a look at some potential free agent targets that the Houston Texans can possibly get just out of San Francisco alone. I want to challenge that statement, the, uh, the Gannon statement, by saying I think Gannon would have some of the same influence. But, but I think, a ben, big, Johnson, I think a ben Johnson and, and Mike Kafka would be one of the two guys that I could think of off the top of my head that Houston interview where you would look and say, man, I don't know if guys would come to play for Domingo Ryan's, yes, but I think Jonathan Gannon would also have that same, at least close to type of influence to bring guys here. But, you know, to your point, Houston could be, you know, along further along in their rebuild process compared to Jacksonville because when you got your quarterback with Jacksonville, you got it with Urban Meyer. You get your quarterback now, you get it with D'Amico Ryan. So you don't have to wait a year of foolishness. And so with D'Amico here, there's already talks of some of whether former players or just, or just guys around the league that D'Amico can sway to come to Houston. Mm-hmm. Maybe you speed that up a little bit. Not saying Houston can go out and win the AFC. Uh, division next year, but maybe you don't wait a whole another year, and maybe in year two with your quarterback like they did had Trevor Lawrence, you're picking number one again. Maybe you're just that much better to where now it's just a better overall situation in the franchise, and so I'm not saying that they can compete for the AFC South just yet, but I am saying they are already a little bit further along the lines than what the Jacksonville Jaguars where when they got Trevor Lawrence, because I think so lowly of Urban Meyer as an NFL coach, and that is a, a you know totally different as to what I believe that D'Amico Ryans can be as an NFL coach for the Texans. Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. TurboTax has experts who can help relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with the Game to Game episodes. Locked On NFL is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get out of here today, Domingo Ryan's ward number 59 uh, number 59 is, uh, you know, currently occupied by second-year left guard Keon Green, who I believe the reason why he got number 59 is because he's from Humble, and you got to take Highway 59 to get to Humble. What better way to have, you know, like, well, you know, rep where you're from with the jersey number, and that's possible with the freeway. Um, should he change his number? No. Like, okay. I, why? Right. It's not like, right. one, it's not We're like. On the same page. The number is retired. Two, it's not like D'Amico Ryans is coming back to the Texans to play. He's coming back to coach. It's just a number. I I think the only way I will say he will have to change his numbers if it was 99. Hell, I even throw 10 in there, but it's okay. He doesn't have to change his number. But the reason why we're talking about Keon Green on Wednesday on a heartbreaking loss that the Houston Rockets sustained. My God, they got robbed. But on Wednesday, um, Keon Green was the third Houston Texan 
player to go to the Toyota Center, attend the Houston Rockets game, and take the first shot. Unfortunately, he missed it. Um, so as of right now, the Houston Texans are one and two with their first shot attempts. <laughs> the only one that actually hit it was Laramie Tussle. Um, I had an opportunity to joke with, with Keon Green after the game. I said, hey, you know Laramie Tussle is going to give you a lot of flat because as of right now, he's the only one that made the shot. Of course, the other one who missed it, I believe it was two weeks ago, was Derrick Henry Jr. Yeah. But I had an opportunity to catch up with Keon Green, and I asked him about the hiring of um of D'Amico Ryan's and he said man I'm excited can't wait to get started of course he was one of the many players who was there at D'Amico Ryan's press conference um John once again the excitement that he showed you can see it in his eyes he is so pumped ready to get started for year two um this just shows once again that even before the Houston Texans start their offseason program there are several players you guys saw it in the Saturday installment of Locked on Texans when I had an opportunity to interview um, Christian Kersey and Thomas Booker, like you can see the emotions, you can see the excitement and everything else in between that all the players are on board and excited to play for the Miko Ryans. And that is a big deal to me because I spoke to these guys several times over these last two years, talking about Cully, talking about Lovey Smith. With David Cully, it was like, you know, we got to get behind him because this is our coach. With Lovey Smith, it was there at the beginning, but as the season went on, especially after that tie in week one, um, you could tell that a lot of players was like, look, it is what it is. Let's just stick to it. But I say all that just to say, and John, you could attest to this. There were several moments that we set up in the press box, you know, questioning the effort. And, you know, where 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 is the effort for the team at least – Go out there and play hard for your coach. Uh, I really don't think that's going to be an issue this for this upcoming season. And I cannot yeah. wait to see the final product of all of this. Yeah, man. And, and I feel like if you play hard and make mistakes, I'm fine with it. Uh, but I am looking forward to Keon Green going into his second year. We, we talk about development a lot. And, 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 and he's a guy that, you know, he was a kid last year, ladies and gentlemen. Like I saw him getting killed on social media. Uh, was he even old enough throughout the entire season about alcohol legally? Uh, he was like he was a kid, man. Like you know, he, he was a kid. He still had kid weight. You know, even though coming from college, he was a power run guy in college, playing in the SEC at A and M. But he still was a kid. So mm. this entire off season, with no injury that's holding him back, you know, I expect for him to get you know faster, stronger, leaner, quicker. And, and share some of that kid weight, pick up some of that grown man weight and some of that grown man strength. And I think that he'll be all right at Love Guard. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. And always, you know, follow us, subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y. D-A-V-I-S underscore 24, Y-24, because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. Don't forget it. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Peace.